we're welcome. We're one and uh, did all. I hate it already. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, it is indeed podcast time, and that intro will make sense in just a moment. As we start that time, I started a podcast to read trash manga with my friends, and actually, most of them were trash, but some of them weren't. AKA the Trash Manga Friends Podcast Sexel, episode thirty-seven. Dragon Daddy Diaries, a trash manga grows to greatness. You know the drill if you're listening to this by now. It's the show where three people discuss two volumes of one trash manga, dissecting what's good, what's bad, what's trash. Oh, I didn't write a follow-up pun for this one. Um, shit. Right after you said, oh, let me check, I've got an intro bit. Um, we'll just go with that. I am your forever host, Sean Can't Chill. And I am joined by Mike Can't Awaken and Phil Can't Care. How are you both? Oh, honey, you can't care. Aww. Truly, it's a crippling disease. <laughs> <laughs> I, I toyed a couple of times, like, do I make that kind of like, like, say Mike's got a sunlight phobia before I settled on this one? But like, nah, we'll just go with that one. I wouldn't say it's a phobia, more of a general hatred. <laughs> I feel like those two words are conflated too much in modern society. <laughs> I look at the sun, it looks back at me, I go blind, and I say, you struck first. <laughs> uh, so, so when you're not waging war against the sun, how are you, buddy? <laughs> it's doing pretty good, by and large. Uh, yeah, I read this. That's, that's improved life greatly, right? I mean, it can't be worse than redo. Okay, sure, but one can never be lower than zero. It's physically and mathematically impossible. <laughs> I, I'm sure it. someone out there will have proof for you, Mike. One could be lower than zero in certain circumstances. <laughs> okay, sure. Feel free to prove me wrong. Until then, that's I the mean, logic I'll go with. One death is lower than zero deaths? No, wait. No, uh, <laughs> it's still no. not. That's yeah, still more where are you going here, Sean? But in my head, it was like being dead is worse than being alive, but that wasn't the best way of phrasing it. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's very much not what you said at all. No, I realised after I said it, Phil. <laughs> it's like, nope, that one's not worked. <laughs> this has gone well so far. Oh, oh, dear. One cancer is lower than zero cancers in the <laughs> living mean, scale. <laughs> no. Again, no? <laughs> you can see where I'm coming from. <laughs> I'm not sure, and I don't think I'll ever see you again because you keep digging a hole that deeper and deeper. Oh, dear. How, how's Phil? How, let's, let's distract it. How's Phil? I'm, I'm questioning your sense of less. <laughs> Our host, everyone. Yay, we're not bullying me for once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, no, it's, it's the lead character of this series that gets bullied, if anything. Like, like you're, any bullying to you is tame in comparison, buddy. So. <laughs> uh, sure. Plus, do we want to dive into this time around series then? Oh boy, I cannot wait. To hear that a, a raving indictment from Mike. I, I hand those out so freely. He does. So, this time around, we have been reading Kami Can't Communicate, aka Kami Somewhere, Kami Show Dezu. That's right, it's our anime tie in episode for the full season. This is a comedy slice of life manga started back in May 2016 and has been going on ever since. So there's 22 volumes of it written and drawn by Tomohito Oda. This has been licensed by Viz, so you can get the first 13 volumes out now in the shops. And as I mentioned, uh, there is an anime version of this, which will be starting on October 7th, which has been done 
rather surprisingly, it's been done by OLM, who usually do mega franchises. So Card Fight, Vanguard, uh, Inazuma Eleven, and most notably, they're the uh, studio that does Pokemon. They've been doing Pokemon for the entire 20-year run. So uh, kind of surprising that uh, they're the ones doing this series. But uh, it's not announced which streaming service has picked this up as of the time we're recording this. Based off of previous OLM deals, I'd guess Netflix or Crunchyroll, but uh, time will tell. You're also assuming that before long there'll be a difference between Crunchyroll and Funimation. I just said that's why I just said Crunchyroll. Uh, okay. Um, you're also assuming that there'll be a difference eventually between Amazon and anything. Uh, I don't think Amazon are buying out Netflix anytime soon. I'll wait for it. Also, I, I mean, I expect. There'll still be other mega corporations, Mike. Amazon will not be the conglomerate. I mean, if we're going off on this tangent, then Disney are rumored to be buying out Sony or looking into it, and Sony owns Crunchyroll slash Funimation. So, um, if anything, this will all be on Disney Plus. I can't wait for the the giant game of um, Agar.io business version to take place, and eventually everyone absorbs each other. It's gonna be great. I don't get that joke. There is there is also a live action series which started uh, this month. Uh, it's going to last for eight episodes. Uh, again, no idea if that'll get officially picked up, but uh, if it does, uh, generally Netflix or Amazon do pick up some uh, J dramas. So uh, probably have a look out for that early next year if it is going to get licensed. Uh, speaking of which, this was the most wanted. Uh, Comic Can't Communicate was the most wanted anime adaptation back in Anime Japan 2020. And uh, another thing to note is this series has sold over 5 million units since it uh, started about five years ago. So, uh, Phil, what is, what is such a well-regarded series all about? Tell us about Commie Can't Communicate. It's about a girl who is, has a communication disorder and basically finds it very difficult to talk to people to the extent that she basically doesn't. And along comes our main character who realises this and decides to take it upon himself to try and help her make friends. Sure. There you go. Yeah. Her, her goal specifically is to make a hundred friends. So uh, this is their, their journey to do just that for her. Which I gotta say, even in my most socially awkward and frankly unlikable days i had never quantified the number of friends i wanted to make so that's just a bit weird all, all i'm gonna say is i don't think at any one point i could say i've had a hundred friends and I mean, unless you stretch it and say like facebook friends and i was gonna say i've seen my facebook I, uh yeah you know you know you've got me curious okay i've got 107 facebook friends and in the nicest way I, I probably wouldn't even count 90 of those. Oh, yeah. At this like, point. I, I'm not going to look because I'm too lazy. But, like, a lot of my friends are, like, distant family members and shit, so they don't count. A lot of them are people I have literally never spoken to in 20 years. Yeah. But that's the go. thing. We are looking at this as, like, 37-year-olds. When you're sure. in school, you're a lot more... I don't want to say loose with the term of friends, but, like, if you know everyone in your class, you'd probably call them friends like maybe one or two you don't get along with but otherwise you'd call anyone you generally don't know think i ever with. would I, i've always been a fan of the term acquaintance sure. acquaint acquainted 
yeah, acquainted. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, uh, it, and I get that these are teenagers. They are in school, socially awkward teenagers at that. And so this kind of thing means a lot more, but it just it felt weird. They're like, I want to make a hundred friends. Just to clarify, this sort of starts with them entering high school. Yeah. So they're about 15, 16. You know, standard anime age. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Standard Japan age. For, as far as I can tell, based on all of my cultural exposure to this country, is through manga and anime. So everyone in Japan is 15 and in high school. They're, they're all high schools. Yeah. All high schools or 80 uh, year old, like tiny little grannies. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I've been to Japan. It, it was it was just exclusively fifteen-year-olds, Mike. And you're like, oh, but where are your parents? I'm like, oh, yeah, they're they're all dead or overseas. No, no adults allowed. Yeah, yeah. They don't live with us, and we're not related by blood. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no, this is the wrong manga I put in. <laughs> I, I do want to say as well. So we're saying uh, socially awkward. So there are definitely a few socially awkward characters. The lead girl, um, Komi, is. A little above and beyond standard socially awkward. Like, she absolutely just freezes up at even the concept of talking to other people. Like, she pretty much, she wants to talk, but she cannot physically process the getting the words out part, basically. So she just completely freezes. So it's not like it's even like a stammer or anything. She just cannot talk outside of very rare exceptions in the manga, so... Well, I, I am not a medical expert, so I would not claim to say this is a real thing for definite, but they do say she has communication disorder. Yeah, I mean, I have come from a psychological background. I, I don't know personally of anything called a communication disorder, but I totally believe it could be a thing. I assume it would be a thing. that ex I could see this being a thing that exists. It could totally be a thing, yeah. If standard social awkwardness is a thing, it's not hard to believe that some people would have it a step further. I mean, you, you do get people who in real life for a variety of reasons are just mute, like they don't talk. Yeah. I, say the, I think the thing for me is I don't think she's necessarily socially awkward, it's just she has trouble speaking with people. I don't know, I think this thing in like the, the side panels and stuff where you're getting those weird glances and stuff, I think it makes it quite apparent, at least through the artwork, that she is very very like it's an extreme awkwardness rather than a physical inability to talk yeah it's, it's not an inability to talk we have you do see her talk a few times which is a weird thing to say out loud you see yes. her talk right no, yep. yes <laughs> but it it does seem like once once she has befriended someone she doesn't seem to have any particular problem I'm going to say the word talk here, but not verbally talk, shall we say. Communicate in general, Commu yes. Communicate, yes. So it's not... I don't know if it's that, because they do, and one of the characters does point out, it's more of a, um, the lead male of the series. Uh, Tadano Hitohito is essentially the interpreter for her. So a lot of them only really get what she's going on about through him. At the start, yeah, I think as it goes on, they introduce the concept of her notebook. Don't know where she starts writing down to communicate instead yes she she does what i did with my last dnd character that was mute where it's like i could come up with try and come up with amazing solutions but i'm too stupid so um I just write everything down and everyone speaks sign language there we go i've solved this problem 
does make me wonder why she's not like learning sign language if she doesn't want to talk, but maybe she's too awkward to do the physical movements as well. I think it was a lack of need. There is also the other thing of, um, well, that she could learn sign language if you don't speak sign language. You'll be like, oh. Um, I'm sure, I guess. I mean, they put it this way, like, if you've ever watched the TV program where they have, like, the sign interpreter on there, I don't. I couldn't put two and two together with what they're doing. I mean, sure, they could be dancing the Macarena, I just wouldn't know, but besides that, yeah. No, I get, no, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying it makes sense for this character to know how to sign, just just a, th- a random passing thought I had. Like, this other passing thought where I thought, her name's Kami, and just, just to, to point out, it's K-O-M-I, she's not a communist. So, on that particular topic, I should mention, everyone's name is a... Everyone's a communist. <laughs> no, everyone's name is a pun on their personality. Yeah, that's that's a thing. Commie is so- short for commu, which is short for communication. Mm-hmm. To Dano, the male lead, um, his name basically means just a guy, for example. So the idea is he is just your average Joe Schmo. And then other characters, other characters, their personality is more reflected by the name but yeah i i don't like that i get that it's a joke it, yeah but i don't like that kind of naming convention in general because it's usually not very smart i don't know how smart this is because i don't really understand a lot of the references they make in this but it's it's stuff like like i'm he's called captain cook because he's the leader of the ship and he's also a chef it's like all oh, right <laughs> like just just because it's a pun doesn't mean it's clever. Like he's his last name is Fryman because he fries things. I mean that, that's right. that's how. I, I know that's how names came <laughs> around, but it's like that's like they're they're really bad and like um can't think of any solid examples off the top of my head. But like, do you, do you just hate everyone who has like the sun suffix on their name because they're the sun because it's lazy <laughs> or junior? <laughs> okay, no, that is lazy. That that is lazy. Someone who just calls their son Junior because they're like, it's like my name but smaller. Because you don't even call them Junior, you just call them yourself, and then to distinguish themselves, they have to stick Junior on their name. It's like wow, say, not not even going uh, all in and calling them the second <laughs> Esquire. <laughs> That's a tangent, but I I'll never understand the people who are, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna say it vain enough to be like I'm just gonna name my child me again. Yeah, okay, so it actually makes a little bit of sense if your name is like a legacy. So if say. it's been passed down through generations. It's actually a weird tradition my family but that's has. That's a surname. That's what your surname is. Why do you need your first name to also be a legacy? Yeah, no, I, my family has that as well. I mean, I, calling it a legacy is a stretch, but my family has a lot of people named John in it. My brother, my older brother's called John. If you're really desperate, just that's use use your middle name. Like that's where my family yeah. legacy thing is. It's in our middle names rather it's, than. Uh, no, it's stupid. It's it's absolutely <laughs> stupid. And like, yeah, calling it a legacy is a stretch considering it's the worst fucking name, John. But yeah. <laughs> the point is, if your family has a history of calling their children John, mm-hmm. then yeah, why why not? They'd get a new family. I do think it is lazy, though. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> it's like especially like calling you are Duke Buckman the Third Junior. 
<laughs> like, no, don't. Because then they're just called Junior forever. But, uh, I, I will say, like, while for serious series, I'm naming puns are a bit, God, why? In a comedy series where you're trying to get filling jokes wherever you can, I guess it works more for that kind of... I, I would also say it works a bit differently in Japanese than, say, yeah. English. Well, so it's a mini- to, to us... Uh, like maybe not to you, Phil, because you actually understand a bit more Japanese than us do. But to us, it's just like, yeah, that's a name. No, like even I, I don't know enough for a lot of these. It was mostly just like the translator notes, but they were nice enough to say, oh, the reason this one works is because it shares a kanji with this word kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, because I do know that's how names are made in in kanji. It's it, they they just take two random ass kanji and like. Yeah, it's, it means these two things, but it's actually pronounced. It means this. moon, but it's red, something entirely different. Oh. Yeah, and I don't even begin to understand how that works. Yeah, but uh, you, some some of the names in this series are based sort of on that idea, where it's it's a shared kanji more than anything. It's not like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, where her she's a witch and her last name is Spellman. <laughs> no, it's it's not Great. like that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sabrina Spellman, yeah. I never knew that was her last name. Wow. Yeah. Her wow. name is last name was Spellman. Man, imagine like, if uh, it was Harry Wizard and the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's oh it, that's a uh, Harry Magicman. <laughs> 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 Alright. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a thing. That's the first one I could actually think of that was really that dumb. Because I know there's a bunch of like older comic characters with names like that. But I couldn't think of any off the top of my head. There's loads out there, which is just like names which are literally just dis- like they're actual names, but they are descriptions of the abilities and powers that they get due to a freak accident when they're 40. <laughs> so, so it's like, wow, you really set your son up for that, didn't you? So, yeah, that, that's why that shit annoys me. It's like, oh, did you know that they would have this one character trait when they were born? Did you know that? OK, cool. But I, I will say, speaking of names, for, for two volumes, you get quite a lot of names there's like quite a fair few characters across these a ton volumes. of characters uh, i'm trying to think how how many do you get so you uh i've gotten them written down there are seven across these two volumes so uh to go through them komi shoko the lead female and tadano hitohito the lead guy we've already talked about then the next biggest character by far is najimi osana who yeah. um is the childhood friend of childhood friends not non-binary transgender question mark who that's a discussion we'll get the to unknown gender pretty much yes then um bringing up the rest we have uh yamado makaru who is the rival character oh i forgot about her right himiko yeah. agari who's fucking weird uh, yes that's stage fright girl stage fright girl who decides to get over this by um i'm just gonna be your bitch in heat, basically. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yep. Uh, Yamai Ren, who the other, probably the other biggest character in these ones, who is the Yander. Yander, yeah. And then she's only in it for one chapter, I think. But uh, Nakanaka Omaharo, who is, if you've ever seen a Chinibio character in anime, she's that. Yeah, she she was introduced towards the end of what we read, wasn't she? Yeah. Yes. So, and those are all the characters you get. So, I think she makes six or seven friends across these first two volumes. Oh, she's yeah. On her way to meeting her quota. Yeah, another 20 plus volumes and you'll be there. <laughs> that is also another neat thing I do like it does. Like I think it's in the Omaki chat bonus chapters at the end, so it might not be in the actual manga, so only in the volumes. Yeah, but, uh, I, I know what you think. Yeah, it's the extras. 
yeah, in the extras, they do kind of go, so who are my current friends list? And that's kind of a good way to recap of where you've been in this past volume. I, I like that. I mean, the thing is kind of like, is charming the right word? I mean, kind of. Like, the, a lot of these characters are very endearing just in of themselves. I don't think there are any bad characters. There's none which feel unrealistic in the universe that the story has presented to us. Apart from maybe Komi herself. Uh, it's, a, it's a thing. Like, it's a thing that comes up a lot of this. Like, they're all very... Well, most of them are quite eccentric in their own way. Some of them less so. I would say a lot of them are exaggerated. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it kind of manages to tread the line, usually, of them going too far and being like insane nonsense characters whereas or being actual like relatable people with this insert social issue here yeah like this this is a uh, this is in no way realistic at all like this is not a repeat of our second episode the ethics one <laughs> like th- these are not realistic or even pseudo realistic people with realistic issues it's just it's just yeah this, these are all extreme examples but within the universe they've created it they kind of make sense I'd say some of them. I'd say some of them are fairly close to the bone for the stereotypes. Like, don't get me wrong, Yandes, sure, like those don't <laughs> really exist. But like the rival character, just I want to be better than you. Like that's pretty realistic. Yeah, when someone's like casually pulling out knives and making stabbing motions in regular conversation, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> Could I just say one of my favorite jokes is so. <laughs> We'll come to the actual chapter at some point, I'm sure, but is when that character is just after they've had the big conflict, shall we say. <laughs> and Tanana's like, no, wait, let, let me explain what's going on with Kami. Let me explain how she can't talk to people, basically. <laughs> and Deander's just like straight up refusing to believe in this. She's like, a nice little text just next to this knife, just say, pointing towards Titano. She's like, she's like, yeah, and that's just only now pointing in his direction. Yeah, I th- that's a very common joke that this one pulls. He he is the fall guy for a lot of it. Well, no, not just that, but like instead of like showing actions, they tend to do like a a speech bubble that describes the actions of what's going or on. Narration box. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't say it's narration because it's not really narration. It's literally just like a stage. Like it's like an action that they what, what's it called like stage direction essentially yeah like it's like this is what is happening here and I'm like yeah I can see that well in fairness one of the lead characters can't talk so sure but we can see what she's doing <laughs> like so many like there's one relatively near the end I forget exactly where but like she's trying to write a note to someone and it literally describes the whole process that we are watching next to her of her going into her bag picking up her notebook, looking for something to write on, to lean against, and then going to lean against the floor. It describes it while we're watching it. I was like, okay. Yeah, it's a bit over the top with its... Like, I think what I, they're I trying... I call it narration. Yeah. I, see, I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't call it narration, but I think it's kind of trying to go for... Like, hear me out on this one. It sounds like they're trying to go for, like, a 4, sta- 4chan style green text, or like a Asterix roleplay thing where like people say what they're doing while they're doing it to emphasize what they're actually doing, even though you can clearly tell what they're doing. 
to be fair, I wouldn't say you could clearly tell you're doing that specific scene you mentioned, but uh, I do think that it does come across at times like because one character can't talk, the author almost feels like, well, we need to put, we've got to bolt the word count up somewhere, otherwise it's just the picture book. I mean, I disagree entirely. I think there's way too much text in this thing. I was going to say, I, I do feel like some you could cut out some of those. I'm just going to call them narration. I'm not saying that there's too little text. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying it feels like the author's like, well, if that character can't talk, I've got to make up for it in other areas, such as narration. Well, I, I mean, if that is the logic, I hate it because yeah. <laughs> there's way too much text in this. Like Combined with the weirdly inconsistent length of some chapters, some chapters take forever to get through because of the amount of text on it. And some just, just fly through because they're really short and have barely any words on the, on the page at all. And yeah, I, like I te hate text it. density <laughs> does vary wildly throughout. Like you will get some things where there is just no words. And then somewhere, as you said, it's an essay. It has been proven time and again that you can absolutely make incredibly powerful stories with no text and no dialogue. And it's weird that they, even though I get that this is a comedy piece, it's weird that they didn't even try. Like, they, they are determined to load this thing down with text. I, I disagree. Like, there are definitely some text dubs, but it's not the entire thing, which is what you seem to be implying. Nah, I, I feel like, I feel like something similar to what you said, where, because the main character doesn't really talk much, it makes everyone and everything talk it for her, like, so to fill her quota of speech. And I just can't help but think, like, why don't you just shut up and let the art do it, you know? Because the art's good in this. Like, I have yeah. really no problems with the art. I think, particularly, I mean, you mentioned it at the top, and I did want to, like, agree with you as well, but it does a very good job of highlighting how awkward Comey is. Absolutely, yeah. Like, because she's also pictured as this, like, uh, your standard anime cool as She's Madonna queen. in high yeah. school! Like, alright. Yeah, she She's like, She's hot shit. <laughs> okay. Um. Can I can I do a tangent there, Mike? Or go do you want to say something? Okay. No. Go cool. For it. Cool. Because this is another series where they're like, yeah, she's the goddess. Like <laughs> she is the most prettiest to the point where everyone in the class deifies her and <laughs> worships yeah. her. And there's literally a scene where, as we actually find out later, it's the Yande, so it makes more sense. But at the time, uh, Terdano goes up to talk to someone to help try and maybe make friends. And she's literally like, oh, Kobe, oh, how dare you even talk to her or exist to her? God, I want to be with her. I want to make out with her, etc. I will kill you if you ever look at her or talk to me again. So uh, what was that you were saying? And like, oh, I'm, I'm leaving now. Great, never talk to me again. To be fair, I actually really love that. that was... It's it's funnier on the second read-through when you know she's the under. I'll give you I that. I think even, even without it, I, I enjoyed it. It's just but that's how everyone treats her. Yes, that. But that is the thing. That's how everyone treats Tadano as well. Because, they're like, how dare he be allowed the privilege of being near her? We're highlighted that this is a school of eccentrics, and I get that. But it's just so weird that they all collectively, as a school, go, "Yep," yeah, but with like one or two exceptions. Yep, yeah, she's she's God. Yep, this is the 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 high school of the simps. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she never speaks, which only adds to her charm. Oh yeah, it's the whole like you can you can put any personality traits on them because they're the silent protagonists. Teenagers would never bully a mute, no. <laughs> or no, because this one's attractive. Oh hey, I've read that series. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 
Well, the thing is, it's very much high school is kind to you, regardless of your disabilities, if you're attractive. <laughs> I sure, but <laughs> and and going back to the art, she's clearly drawn to be attractive. They do also give the descriptors that would be traditionally attractive in Japan. Yeah, and she's also got like the the whole ice queen vibe to her and so I know, don't get I mean there's a chapter where she literally passes for a mannequin. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I get it. But the same it's just weird to think that high schoolers are gonna be the people who deify her. I don't know, idol culture starts somewhere. Yeah. With singing! Phil can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure all idols aren't mute. <laughs> I uh, so I was I was trying to work my way through what you just said because that was in a really <laughs> weirdly put together sentence. You, you get what I'm <laughs> saying, like, like I can't fathom a world where a mute idol would succeed. I am not aware of one. It's not to say there's not one. <laughs> it's I, I'm I'm more thinking that's like you've got these these guys are clearly over-the-top enthusiastic about idolizing this person. And it's probably because she's attractive, she's always been attractive, and she's never said or done anything that would sway them from that opinion because she's... Never said or done anything. <laughs> never said anything. She doesn't do anything either because she's too like socially awkward to ever get involved. So these people are capable of projecting their... Their, their innermost desires onto this person and they become perfect in their eyes which I'm guessing is the idea of course it's all played for laughs so it doesn't go down the creepy route yeah but I mean I suppose it's kind I mean, of creepy about one character. <laughs> yeah it's kind of creepy when you think about it but yeah but to be fair while I'm, while I'm on this tangent the other thing that gets me so there's another world thing we're taught like early on because it's not really relevant which is why I think it's weird that they put it in there they're like, oh, it's a school for eccentrics. So yeah, everyone who got in here had to interview. And I'm like, how did, how did Tommy interview? <laughs> or our teachers swept up in this as well. The teachers swept up in it as well. Oh no, it's one of those manga. No, because no, there's no teachers in this, Phil. There is. Did you not notice when they were like doing the, specifically when we were talking about her being deified, when they were doing yeah. the vote for the class president. Sure, example. but that's just humoring idiot kids. Sure, but... Yeah, there was a teacher there. Th there was a teacher there and they clearly went along with, yeah, sure, fucking let's let's vote. What is? The, all the teacher cared about was, as long as you let me a class president, I don't give a shit. So sure, she's God now. Why not? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like the implication that she interviewed to get into this place, didn't say anything, and they went, you know what? You're fit. You can get in. Oh, I don't like that idea at all. I mean, we don't know how she got in. We do not. Maybe she didn't need an interview, Mike. Uh, maybe not. Maybe she was just that attractive. Maybe her grades were really good, Mike. I mean, sure. Sure, that could be a thing. Uh, to be fair, now I think about it, that is a thing. Like, this is two whole volumes of a school series, and not once they really talk about studying or grades. So, Well, that's because the school setting is mostly superfluous. You could have this exact same thing as older people who work in an office. It's just that being in school is what sells. I, I disagree there because I feel uh, social social disabilities change with age and context changes with age. So, okay, sure, but I I still think you could. 
Like, if in the nicest way, like, you can get away with some of this because they're 15-year-olds. If it was, like, a 30-year-old acting like the one who's like acts like a pet mm. or the Chinibio, it takes on a different context at that hey, point. Hey, I've, I've met some people. It ain't that far-fetched. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying it takes on a different context at that point in life. Yeah, not saying they don't exist. Just saying maybe, you know... Don't? Don't. <laughs> maybe if you're wearing an eye patch at 30 years old and talking about how the great demon dragon is... Your blood's part of them, and the Ragnarok's hey, happening. Hey, she and, uh... needed to wear that eye patch because she had a sty. Fuck, are you guys talking about? Uh, the, the last character that was introduced, Mike, the Chinibio. Right. Okay. The girl with the eye patch. Right. Okay. Yep. She she had a sty. It's implied. A what now? What the shit is a sty? A sty. S t y e. Yeah. That, it's that's, a little that's skin skin growth. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I mean, I just assume she wore that because that's a Chinibio trademark. I mean, sure, it is, but because their eye—that's their—that's their super eye. And if they take off that eye patch, that yeah, yes. Yeah, so yeah. don't, don't get me wrong; she was tuning it up, <clears throat> but the point was like after her initial introduction, she's like, "Ha ha! I have to go now," and it's like, "Oh, she has to go to the infirmary because she's got a sty." Okay. I, I will say as well, because we're not going to talk about that character a lot because she's only literally in like one, maybe two chapters. But uh, I really found that that kind of like was this manga distilled and kind of the sweet, the sweeter elements of it when it's really working well distilled because it's she's introduced as this crazy Chinibio. Komi interacts with her in her awkward way, which kind of makes her go, I, because uh, she's like, oh, so what is the dragon blood that's going to cause me to explode? Like, I, uh, um, I have to go now. And kind of like just falls apart. And then you get a scene later on of them in the gym class where she's like, ah, oh, it'll be dangerous for anyone to pair up with me. And uh, that's why, that's why they're all leaving me alone. Why, why will <laughs> no one pair up with me? <laughs> and then, you know, Commie reaches out to her and they ha- like they hang out. And that's, I, I thought that was a really God, sweet chapter and kind of. Dained her with her presence. <clears throat> all right, buddy, calm down. I'm, I mean, I'm not wrong. <laughs> sure. But, uh, I felt that that was a really kind of sweet chapter and kind of distilled what this manga can be about at times. So, yeah, I I, I don't know. I've, I feel like the message that they could have told here is very much diluted by the fact that they wanted it to be a comedy manga. But I also don't know how this kind of story would have worked not as a comedy. So maybe that was for the best. Because uh, yeah, this one's weird. yeah. I I don't think you could have done this without the comedy. It would it would need to be a lot. Like you'd have to change a lot to tell this kind of story. Maybe did it as, like, a horror. <laughs> Where it's actually nice and quirky and fun until the Yonder character shows up. <laughs> well, just, just any of them, just, like, they're all just, like, a bit too weird. Just, like, fuck, <laughs> I've, got to get, I've got to get out of here before someone kills me. So you're, you're suggesting it turns into Danganronpa, then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why not? Like, rather, rather than a school, they're all in a mental hospital. <laughs> oh, we're doing the they were crazy all along plot again. I'm a master of those. <laughs> Although you are making a good point with this, where you could easily just give it a little nudge further into the uncanny valley, and this whole thing becomes kind of disturbing, <laughs> unsettling at least. Don't get me wrong; I, I much prefer it in this setting. But I'm saying you could, you could just give it that little nudge, and rather than being comedy, it could just be a bit. Mm, I don't like this. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't like this, but it's got nothing to do with it being comedy or not. 
giving the game away, Mike. I have I. It's like <laughs> I, I'm not subtle most of the time. It's just, this is so hard to like connect to on an emotional level. And I've, for this kind of comedy, you really I, have Mike to connect there to the saying that he's never had any social disabilities has always been 100% confident. Can't relate to any of these characters. First of all, I already explicitly said earlier in this episode that I have had social difficulties when I was younger as well. It's just that I can't relate to these characters because every time, every time they try to bring up something which is somewhat relatable, they do it to the most extreme degree in like a wall of text and every time it's like oh, okay and like, when i say text i don't necessarily mean talking obviously but i just mean like the thing the, the manga itself hammers it in so hard every time like this is the quirky part I'm like ah, okay i like i i kind of get that this would probably work better as an anime but i also reckon that they will probably end up leaving in half of those text boxes of like describing what they're doing while they're doing it which would be even more infuriating so i i don't know like i i I just could not click with this whatsoever it was and i it's tiring to read this honestly and that's you know including the fact that i'm going to include my favorite thing to say on this show and uh nothing fucking happens in this It, it is a slice of life her goal is to make friends and she makes friends so i'd argue that yes things do happen because that's that's the thing that needs to happen we're also you know ignoring the whole kidnapping plot that happened <laughs> we'll get to that that did happen that, did happen. <laughs> that so, was so a thing that happened. happened is a bit when i say nothing happened what i mean is there's not a lot of actual character development in this like she's uh main character start komi, uh, komi starts the, the series of not but, really being able to communicate. To be blunt, if she got over it in two volumes, then... <laughs> <laughs> then game over, man. But you're talking about exaggeration. If it was just like, and now she could speak, fine. There you go. Then that all would she, be... All she needed was... A friend. <laughs> random guy to just walk up and be like, Hey, are you socially awkward? Yes, <laughs> I'm cured. <laughs> <laughs> the end. It's just, it's so, like, slow and disjointed, and there's so much, like, random crap that happens between the actual plot points. And maybe, okay, saying nothing happens is a stretch, but it just does, it doesn't feel like anything happens within an expedient way, like, in a way that feels like it should. It is a long-running series, Mike. It will take... It feels long as well. I mean, we're at 22 volumes, I think, currently. About that, yeah. It doesn't help that the format of this thing seems to be weirdly kept to four panels a page. Like, it's not a four-coma. Yeah, there are a lot of pages that take inspiration from four-comas. Like, not all the time, but generally at least one page a chapter will be four-coma-esque. There's at least one chapter where, like, this is the one I noticed it in. There's at least one chapter where every page is four panels, and it just doesn't feel like it gains anything from it. Uh, It's useful for comedy. I, I mean, I didn't find those panels funny, but sure. You don't find anything funny, Mike. That's the problem. Comedy is dead. Art is a lie. <laughs> Let's all die. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I was reaching for a rhyme, and that's where my mind went. Mine goes to death frequently, I see, Mike. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe, maybe you're the one who needs 100 friends to <laughs> get out here, buddy. 
I mean, I've got, I mean, I've got at least that amount on Facebook, and I'm no happier because you know, Facebook is Facebook accessible. Friends don't count. It's accessible. Okay, so it's difficult to get connected to these characters though because of like how silly shit is in this, and how extreme this shit is. And I don't know, maybe that is just me, and maybe I'm saying something which you guys completely disagree with. But I really do feel like everything is so silly here that it feels difficult to connect with these characters and a lot of the humor requires you to be connected to these characters that's not to say this thing isn't funny because it is uh, again i think like connecting and silliness it's on a character to character basis like i'm not going to tell you that the yander is someone that you know i emotionally connect to or anything like that because uh, uh spirit animal right there <laughs> <laughs> like i get that one but again like characters like the rival who again only appears in like a couple of chapters, but they're just a normal person who's in a one-sided rivalry with the protagonist, and that seems normal. There will be people who see you as the biggest mountain they need to overcome, and you have no idea who they are. Yeah, that it's a running gag that the because the uh, protagonist Komi is uh, so silent and so quiet in both the way she acts and the way she speaks. That everyone projects everything onto her, whether it's their idealistic view of her or if it's their insecurities. And that's what gives rise to the way people act around her and the way they do. And that includes this this rival character who's like, this is the most perfect person ever. I must beat them. And they're just like, I don't even know who you are. Thanos meme right there. I don't even know who you are. Although, so this is, a, this is another tangent that maybe Phil can answer because he's the most familiar sure. with us of Japanese culture. So the first, the first kind of rivalry off they have is like physical measurements, the health, the health checks. Yeah, and I get most of them. Like I get that she wants to have better eyesight and she doesn't. I get she wants to be taller and she isn't. I get that she wants to weigh less, but she doesn't. Why sitting height? I, I've I've got nothing for you on that. Okay, one. that was just a weird one. And then she's like, it, it's. I think the idea is it tells you because if you know the height and then your sitting height. You can basically work out how much of you is legs. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess. I don't. I don't know why that's a thing you need. Because there's know. just. I can't even remember if she was mad that she was taller or smaller. But I'm just like, what? This one. I don't get this one. <laughs> she she does have that. She does have that in a monologue where she's like, wait, why does it matter that these numbers are bigger and or smaller? Who who's to say they're better? In some cultures, being chunky is great. Yes. Yeah, I, I assume this was just like because of this weird rivalry that this person has concocted in their own mind. I assume it's like anything they beat me in is is worse. Oh no, I get that. I just don't get why you would be measuring sitting height to begin with. Yeah, I I don't know why. As I say, it tells you how much of you is legs. Is it a posture thing? Like their posture is better than mine. I yes, I uh... no, I don't think it's posture. It, uh, from what they were saying, it does seem like. Oh, it's they've got longer legs or shorter legs or whatever. Oh man, the one people with shorter legs, they should look me up. As far as everyone can tell from my stream, I don't have any legs. You never see them. Uh, that's that's because you never stream ring fit. That is true. Upper body length or proportion, proportionally long legs is an important attribute for many sports. So there you go. That's why you measure it. It can tell you are you going to be good at sports. Sure. But then in the next chapter, they do all the actual sports. Yes. So. <laughs> but the point is, it can it 
it helps you know, do you perhaps have a natural disposition for it? No, I get I get society puts more value on longer legs, but you know, I I guess I can see how that sitting height leads to that, but I, I don't know. It's not it's not something I'd be wasting my time measuring in a, as a school doctor. It's something they'll just do as part of the tests. It'll take like all of a minute per student, probably. Probably one of the quickest tests they do. I, I always thought those kinds of tests were weird to do in general. Like here, we're just gonna just gonna measure you. Like, why? <laughs> what do you gain from this? Because they also weigh them. So it okay, helps weight is like idea. sure. Yeah, but it's it's the point of weight without height is kind of a bit meaningless by itself. No, okay, I know there's like uh, the BMI or whatever. B- BMI is a shit indicator by itself anyway. It's just a reasonable guideline to tell you. Yeah, you know when you're this high. Your weight should fall somewhere in this bracket, essentially. Also, while questionable if it's needed at this point with how old they are, but you can also use it as a rough gauge of puberty. Uh, I think the point is, by doing it as kids, you can be like, yeah, you're a bit chunky. Maybe like exercise, eat less. You know. Oh, that definitely worked on me. But did you have your weight regularly checked as a kid, Mike, and your height? No, they just took one look at me and went to lost cause. <laughs> Stop trying. Point is, if cause I imagine they do this every year, if not multiple times a year. Is this why you couldn't get into this, Mike? Because they didn't decide to introduce the chunky character yet, so you couldn't <laughs> relate to anyone. Yes, I, I require <laughs> at least this much chunk to be. Because I'm assuming that will be one of them down the line. <laughs> there, there was a chunky character in what we read. It was, was the Otaku. It was. Very, very background character when we're introduced to uh, Najimi. Najimi? Oh! I, I mean, I just went, that's a standard otaku design. I didn't really register that as a character. No, uh, this thing, I, I like I say, very, very background character, but he, he was a chunky dude. I, okay. I mean, when one of her hundred friends is... Depending on your definition of what constitutes chunky... One of the admirers that was straight simping for her was like crazy muscular at one point. Sure. That's kind that's kinda of chunky. And it's also weird and came kind of out of nowhere, but here we are. Like someone just white knighting so hard that they <laughs> that they grew Master Roshi muscles. That happened. Yeah. I mean to be <laughs> fair, she's got a ninja simp as well. She does. She's got she's got a rainbow coalition of simpage. Point is, there's there's all sorts of characters in this series. Yeah, there's and they're all fairly varied. Like I, I never had trouble telling the important ones apart, which is no. good. It's a it's a good starting point, to say the least. It's weird that we have to always mention it, but it's really amazing how often in manga that is a problem. I think the only ever times I did get once or twice confused was the rival and the Yander look pretty similar. They're the only ones I occasionally had issues with, but usually it's obvious from tone and actions what they are. Which one's holding the knife? Yeah, which one's holding the knife, yeah. <laughs> Different hair colour as well between those two. They're sure, but in black and white when you haven't when they're not usually on the page at the same time. Sure, the fact that they're usually not on the page at the same time, but the Yander has in black and white, white hair, whereas the rival has coloured hair of some description. Some sort of shading. 
but yeah, the the point is the hair is shaded in at the very least. It's not it's not black, but it's not white. Yeah, as I say, that was the only time I ever had some things, but it was obvious from context clues who they were anyway. So it reminds me of that old uh, World of Warcraft undead joke: uh, roses are grey, violets are grey. I'm colorblind. <laughs> like, oh, okay, that's that's this. I guess that's what we're dealing with here. I don't, I don't get it. Because because they're colorblind, because then everything's gray. But that's the, that's the, the world joke. of Warcraft has color. Yeah, I know, but the undead don't because they're. Are the roses gray? Are the, no. are the are the roses gray in the undead area? I never went mm. to the undead city. No. I mean, okay, so uh, let's uh, let's let's move on because we've talked about them a bunch, so we should probably actually go into their couple of chapters in a bit more detail at this point. So Yamai Ren is the Yande character who we've. Uh, brought up a few times and uh yeah by far in a series of somewhat eccentric characters um she is the most out there because she's a she's a yander and if if you have no idea what a yander is go uh read or watch future diary and you'll soon learn they get a bit stabby they yeah they they love someone to the point where if you dare to so much as look at them or be in a presence of them you should probably just die. Yeah, it's also the most extreme version of it is like, I love you so much, I will kill you. Yes. Like, yeah, so that's that kind of thing. And like, obsession to the nth degree is usually how I describe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character in Future Diaries generally seen as the trend setter for this one, which is why I brought up. Not trend, uh, trope setter. That's the word I'm after. Yeah, definitely popularized it at the very least. But uh, so, yeah, in. After she does appear in the background a few times in other chapters, which I noticed more on the second time I was reading this through. Well, as you say, like the, I'm I'm going to say the second chapter. It's not the, literally the second chapter, but when when Tadana's like, oh, I'm going to try and see if some of the she's the most popular girl in class. I'll, I'll ask her to be Kami's friend, and then fucking say what, mate? Fucking stab you! How dare you say her name? Breathe around. <laughs> yeah, but uh. Yeah, after a few appearances in the background, she does uh, get her time in the sun, so to speak, when um, she makes her move. Uh, first of all, by, um, I'm going to guess, chloroforming and kidnapping Tadano. And that does happen, her yeah. In her room. Um, somehow, Super the okay. authorities don't get involved in this in any point. Well, because no one's aware of the kidnapping until it's over. No, but, okay, so let's say, Phil, it's a school right. day, sure, and you don't show up. Yes. So the first thing the teacher's probably going to do is, that, oh, that's weird. And then you might ask some of the friends, go, oh, do you know where they're at? No. Oh, do you know if they have a phone? Okay. And... I already want to point out a problem here, Sean. Okay. What friends does he have? At one point, he straight up says himself, even he doesn't have any friends. Um. Well, teachers probably know who he socializes with. So you're probably going to ask Komi, and then she's not going to answer. And then you'll ask uh, the childhood friend character, because they get along with everyone, sure. including him. So sure. you'd ask one of them for his number. Alternatively, you've probably got their I mean, parents' numbers on the log. The school, so they'll they'll not bother asking the friends about it. I know, but presumably they'll ring up the parents at some point and who will be at work? Either get no answer or oh no, he went to school. At that point, usually you then send someone around the house. I think in Japan, because I know they do that, like they do home visits to just you know double check, but. Basically, if he's vanished and it's gone off the face of the earth, I don't think they're just going to sit on their ass and do nothing over the course of a day. 
I would. Sounds easier. And you're not a teacher. Probably for or the best. Or in charge of children. Definitely for the best. <laughs> Point is, I, I struggle to believe that there would be no actions taken. Even putting aside the part where apparently no one has seen her chloroform him in the middle of the street and take him away. Yeah, apart from, you had to kind of gloss over that. Yeah, but gloss over all of these reasons. And uh... but the point is, it is it is on the same day. I can believe they're just like, yeah, you're sick. All right, whatever. I feel like believability is completely missing the point. She fucking it, it kidnaps bit, someone yes. and threatens him <laughs> with murder multiple times for <laughs> no reason. Well, yes, reason. She, he's friends with Comey. If, if anything, he's good friends with Comey. So no That's reason. ultimate treachery. That's the Yander logic, Mike. No You love reason. them so much, you will kill anyone in their presence. No fucking reason. Because, <laughs> of course, the logic is self-defeating, because I love you so much, so I'm going to kill your best friend. That'll make you like me. I'm more. not saying Yander's makes sense. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what the archetype is. Stupid archetype. Yes. Uh, like, every time someone mentions Yander, I, I can't help but think that game that got banned from... You can't got banned from it. Yeah. It, got, it just got banned from places. And I'm not entirely yeah. sure why it got banned based on like the content. It wasn't that bad. But whatever. Some of it was pretty graphic from what I've heard. Yeah, but no worse than like any other game out there. Uh, mm, mm, I mean, was no. it like straight up like fucking? No, but like it was very graphic and given the setting... It, I think a lot of places were worried about the possibility of people maybe mimicking it. Sure. Oh, mimicking turning into a titan. I'm going to guess PTUs complained or Christian bodies complained. And then... I, I don't think it was even that. I think it was just like Twitch and place was just like, yeah, no, we're, no. We, we don't want to touch that one with a 10 foot pole. Twitch is the place that banned genital jousting. Nothing's off limits. Genital jousting is comedic, though. It's not really graphic. (laughs) Graphic? In that sense of the word. But there's penises on the screen, which is all I care about. There is dongs, sadly. Although this does actually kind of remind me, like, I recently watched a a video about uh, weird censorship across different countries. And uh, one of the things that got censored is, I think it was like Crash Bandicoot 2 got heavily censored because one of the death animations is Crash getting crushed by something and it turns him into like just a head with feet. He just wanders around for a bit and the screen fades to black like ah very funny but it turns out at the near the time that got released there was apparently a um, a serial killer going around Japan who would cut people, cut kids heads off and like and their feet off and then leave them in that pose for people to find and that's why it got censored like oh god (laughs) Mm. So you can never really tell the reasons for censorship across lines, unless you look into it a bit. Makes sense. I mean, to be f- the weirdest one I always found was that period where Germany, it was like, yeah, all blood has to be green if you want to show blood. Yeah, to the point where every TF2, German TF2 server is on party mode, where everyone has party hats, and when you kill them, streamers come out. D- G- Germany, I'm sure people bleed in your country. <laughs> like. That's crazy talk. They, they trip. They've scraped their like, elbow or something and they look and just and like, a drop starts happened. coming out and then they're just like, what the fuck? It's meant to be streamers in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a party. They fell over. <laughs> oh, 
but uh yeah yeah game game back on track yeah she she kidnaps him and then basically the plot goes from there where the other characters go around her house discover that they've been kidnapped and um take that probably in the best way they can in that they don't call the police mm-hmm. and i mean eventually it ends up with them being friends yeah it, that's a weird... i mean to be fair she hesitates for a moment yes that's a weird arc for a literal moment yeah it's just like there's a moment where like should we be friends yes <laughs> that's pretty much the extent of it it's like should we be friends uh, okay and i mean to be fair it comes around the time as well where you get one of the sweetest lines in the entire thing where they say that i will decide who my friends are which is a very good line and i really like that and it's usage the couple of times it comes up unless you take it out of context and then you've got someone saying, <laughs> I don't want to be friends with you. At which point they say, I will decide who my friends are. And now it's not okay. And then the kidnapping happens again. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to understand why you didn't like this light. You just see the worst light in everything. Don't you? No! <laughs> Have you not been on the internet? I've lived in Tory Britain, and yet somehow I'm still an optimist. So You've managed to keep your, your soul intact. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, I've seen things, man. <laughs> a lot of them on this show. Oh, dear. Like, don't get me wrong, stuff like Redo of Healer pushes it a bit, but, you know. Fucking Redo of Healer. You guys love reminding me about that, and I love blacking it out entirely. It was only last episode! That's Yeah, why. and I've blacked it out since then. And yet, here we are. For people at home, there was literally a part where I was just talking, was like, where we were getting ready to record this episode a week or two ago. And I was like, yeah, I'm still editing Redo of Healer. And Mike was like, oh, I'd forgotten. Yeah, thanks for reminding me of that, dick. <laughs> it was awful. It, it was. Yeah. And, uh, that one got an anime adaptation, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're reviewing this one because it got an anime adaptation, right? Yes, this one uh, is... I can't remember exactly the day this episode comes out, but the first episode is now or very soon. I don't get uh, it. October 7th, I think. Do you mean you don't get it? it? This this was like the most wanted thing last yeah. year to be made in anime. And I don't get it. Like, okay, so uh, it's not that I don't get it. Because it's on... good, Mike! <laughs> I can solve this problem. It's because it's Slice of Life and you hate Slice of Life. Uh, sure, that but too. it's not like something like uh, Rent-A-Girlfriend where... It's still going, and I don't understand that one. Like, it's not that level, but it's like, I, I get that this is kind of cute and kind of endearing. So maybe like one or two episodes in a vacuum would actually be quite entertaining. How often did this manga come out? Or how often does it come out, I guess? Is it a weekly, a monthly, or what? I'm pretty sure it's in Shonen Sunday, so weekly. It, yeah, it's a bit of a funny one because it's. We have mentioned like chapters are a bit of a weird length. Yeah, so they're inconsistent. Generally, you would get at least one chapter a week. I think sometimes you can get more than one. And also, I want to say, like, I'm not as enraged by the chapter inconsistency as Mike appears to be. I, feel. I wouldn't say enraged. Annoyed, maybe. <laughs> it's the impression you're giving up. Like, if you've got the idea of the joke or the theme for the chapter, and it only needs five pages, okay, done. Don't, don't stretch it out if you don't need to. I've got no problem with picking a length and going with it. it, it and yeah, you shouldn't, just, you shouldn't just bulk things up to make it longer. I'm not saying that at all. It's just uh, 
Yeah, sometimes they feel way longer than they need to be because it's being bulked down with unnecessary shit. I mean, they're never longer than 20 pages, which is standard weekly ongoing series length. So, The reason I'm saying I don't get the obsession with this is because, yeah, it's kind of cute. And maybe if you see like one episode a month or something, it's like, oh, that's a nice return to form. But it's just like you have so many chapters in this where it just feels like nothing's accomplished. And I know you're going to come back with the argument of it's a slice of life. Not everything it has is. to be accomplished every week or whatever. It's just, uh, it, it just, it feels dull. You seem to expect, and this is because this is a recurring thing because you're not a slice of life fan, but you seem to expect a lot more out of slice of life series than is ever going to happen. It's not so much that I expect more. I just expect something. <laughs> Like, development, movement, something to change. That's the thing. I would argue you do get something. Obviously, like, don't get me wrong, I understand we're looking for different somethings, but I would argue you do get something on a chapter-by-chapter basis. I'd argue you get more in this than a lot of Slice of Lives. I just, I get bored with Groundhog Day, man. It's like, <laughs> you, you just cover the same topics all the time. And, oh, it's, it's, it gets tiresome trying to trying to find meaning in the same thing happening over and over. I'm not saying this is the worst example of Slice of Life. Absolutely not. I absolutely think there are worst out there. And this is probably one of the best ones. It's just, it, to me, it's it feels so standard a lot of the time, which is weird considering that it has a relatively unique premise in so much as, like, if the story was more about teaching this person or this person learning rather than teaching them directly how to get over their or get past their social awkwardness and learn how to properly communicate and i mean, y- I mean yeah you're about is, to say it is like that but give me it a, is partially yeah it's it's not about that though it's it's more about what kind of weird shit can we put in this issue and I just feel like it distracts from what could actually be a very good story. This is why I was saying earlier that it would be weirdly kind of better if you did it without the comedy, but I also don't think it wouldn't work without the comedy. I, I just think it's, it's very confused. To me, it's more about setting her up with a support network of friends than anything. And in the nicest way, you can't start helping someone with their social awkwardness unless they have people to be socially awkward with. And I'm not, I'm not advocating that you should become reliant on a single person. Absolutely not. Uh, uh, self-dependency, uh, independence, sorry, is important, but also becoming dependent on one person is, is not ideal at all. What I'm saying is it, does, it feels like they often take away from the central premise of this in order to just do silly things. Uh, the whole kidnap and torture of this boy which is then immediately shrugged off that kind of emblematic of it because you could actually tell a really good story even with comedy you could tell a powerful story here about someone overcoming their anxiety and they're doing it because you know they want to not because other people require it it's just they don't they don't seem interested in telling that story whenever I say I don't like slice of life it's because they seem to not want to tell a story. They literally just want to watch people going about their weird lives. And I understand that's what the that's the whole point of a slice of life. You're looking at a slice of their life. 
But at that point, I think, why does this exist if it's not trying to tell a story? And I get vibes of that here. And I don't get... And while I, I get that this could have become popular on charm alone, because there is there is quite a lot of charm here, and the art is good, and the characterizations for what they are are good, I don't get how it's as popular as it is. Like, I just don't get it. I mean, this, again, could be another problem with the fact that we had to read two volumes of it within however long but i yeah it, it became tiresome for me to read i couldn't get it no i mean i i get i get what your issues with slice of life are but i feel that this um certainly for its target audience there's probably a lot of relatability that they can not like not in a complete aspect but i would imagine a lot of the target audience can relate in some way to some of the characters no i, I get you and it also there are, like, admittedly, it's often buried in the comedy, but there are some genuinely poignant moments. I mentioned the one with the Chinibia where Cobby reaches out to her. There's also, like, one of the, in the first few chapters when they're talking on the blackboard and then you get, like, this brilliant two-page shot of just the conversation they've had on the chalkboard, as it were. And yeah. that's just a genuinely sweet, powerful moment. But she's finally getting to have a conversation with someone. I do agree that uh, it does actually have decent moments like that, but they are, to me, at least, and you're welcome to disagree with this one because I feel it is completely opinion based. I, I feel like this one, it, these are individual moments rather than story points. Uh, the thing I can best compare this to, for an example, is do you remember uh, Maruko Chan? I think it was called uh, the one where. Uh, hey, girl... guess what? Also, is there in this season, Mike? <laughs> uh, the one, <laughs> the one with the girl that can see ghosts. <laughs> Is the one I'm talking about. I don't know if that was actually Maruko-chan. It is Maruko-chan. Okay, also yeah. airing this season of anime. Oh, I hope we don't review that. <laughs> Too late, buddy. <laughs> Go listen to episode... Seven! <laughs> that one. <laughs> Sorry, just a clumsy edit here. Go listen to episode seven. <laughs> I, w I was right. No edit needed. Episode seven. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, it's like in that episode, in that episode, we talked about how we saw this this story, which again is kind of slice of lifey, not really a whole lot of story involved, about this person with their wacky adventures. And then you have this one chapter that's like, damn, that's really powerful. And it goes right back to the wacky shit. That's very much the feeling I get with this in those moments. Granted, there are way more in this, and it's it's better. It it's just better. Like, there's no two doubts in my mind this is better than Maruko-chan. But it's still, it still feels like that. It still feels like you have to work to get to the poignant points. But then again, if you're reading this, maybe that's not what you're looking for, you know? I, I, I don't, that's not what I was looking for when I was reading this, and I was somewhat disappointed. So, hey, maybe this is just for a, a different uh, perspective, a different, different reader. Clearly not for me, obviously. I'll give you credit where it's due. I didn't know where the Maruko-chan comparison was going to go, but uh, I do get where you're coming from, at least with that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the poignant moments do stand out against the backdrop of the comedy, whether you're into it in either of these series. I mean, I will say, the comedy, but like, Cray were Cray's due, when it, when it lands, it lands. Yeah, I like a lot of the jokes in this. Yeah, like, I'm not going to sit here and say it's not funny, because it is. Uh, I, like I, I can, I have happily sat here in on this podcast and said, 
like in ones which you guys say is is funny i'm just like nah don't get it don't think it's funny at all no i i do think even though i wasn't a huge fan of the story in general i actually do think that this was quite funny there is a lot of um what i'm gonna call japanese shock humor where it's like uh it's like surprise here's a joke but there's also some more subtle stuff as well like i some of which i didn't understand granted but there's like one part where Komi, uh, Komi is trying to learn how to do jokes. I think this might have been a bonus chapter or something. No, that was an actual chapter. Oh, this is actually okay. Right. The only bonus chapters are the ones where they recount who her friends are at the end of each right. volume. Because she's trying to learn how to do jokes, but then she keeps just writing random shit on her pad. In fairness, they do say that this is because she's just writing down the punchlines of a comedy show she basically saw the night before on telly. Right, because so it kind of makes sense that these are just random lines that make no sense out of context. It's like just going the aristocrats, and there you go, comedy done. I, I also think it's very much they were jokes that just didn't translate. Yeah, that's what I was thinking it were because apparently they say something like someone needs to tell her that dad jokes aren't funny or something, which is a fucking lie. Do not lie to people like that. Dad jokes are fucking hilarious. No, they're not. They are. Absolutely. Not. And slap me with a is your fridge running joke any day. I love it. <laughs> See, that's not just a dad joke. That's like an old like radio joke. <laughs> I was going to say, that's not a dad joke. That's just an old joke. That's just a bad joke. <laughs> but yeah, dad jokes are funny. Never let this, uh, this manga tell you otherwise. Dads of the world out there, you do you. <laughs> One or two dad jokes are funny. There's the occasional one where I don't see it coming where it gets a chuckle. Oh, is sure. your fridge running? Can fuck off and die. Okay, like if you're just gonna, if you shotgun a string of dad jokes at someone, that's not funny. It's like you get comedians out there who their entire career is one liners, and it's like, oh, okay, that's it. Okay, okay. We stop, have a friend stop. who will happily, if you go, oh, I'm bored, and they'll go, like, hi, bored, and I hate that friend every time he says that <laughs> joke. It's sorry, every time they say that joke, not to give it away who it is, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I hate that with all my heart. It's also like comedy is all obviously subjective. The one I was thinking of is uh, Milton something as, as a British comedian, he's frankly a Milton weirdo. Jones, yeah, he he uh, he does a lot of one liners, yeah, he is that entire shtick. If you've ever seen Mot the Week, you've probably seen him. Yep. And I think this is his joke. And like, it always makes me laugh, but I, I like, if you do enough of them, like, the joke is uh, this, what this next joke goes out to my dad, who's a roofer. So, dad, if you're up there. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's funny, right? <laughs> I, my opinion on Milton Jones has changed over time. I used to hate him. Now I tolerate him. And some of his stuff is good, but some of it is just, come on. Put some effort in, please. Yeah, I, I, it's the same sort of thing in that scene where apparently they're just telling dad jokes and it does get old eventually. <laughs> and even I'll admit that comedy in general in this doesn't get old. They do actually do a decent amount to change it up. It's just that when I say it's Japanese shock humor, a lot of the joke is just normal, 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 weird, normal, normal, normal. And that's just that's the whole joke. I wouldn't say it's Japanese shock horror horror christ no <laughs> that's something entirely different no but it a lot of it does revolve around japanese archetypes which um if you're so like 
we know who Yandes are, but um, mm. if you're looking at that for the first time, you might be going, what? Why is this character not arrested? What? <laughs> That's a good question, and one you should continue asking. Ah, <laughs> uh, she's a Yandere, it's uh, fine. Because shut up. <laughs> because shut up, yeah. Because shut up or I'll stab you, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, quite. <laughs> if anything, it's endearing. Uh, okay. <laughs> Whatever you're into, Matt. Man who liked Don't Bully Me Nagatoro. <laughs> also a good comedy. <laughs> I, I, I don't deny my kinks. That's a great series. <laughs> I, I, well, that is one that I couldn't get on board with. This one, comedy-wise, yeah, I, I see the funny. I do. I, again, I, I don't think it was all for me, but it did get some genuine chuckles, which is, you know, a stamp of approval in my opinion. Because I don't think this thing was bad as such. I just thought it was a general slog to get through, and the stuff that is supposed to endear you towards it just gets annoying eventually. Uh, I don't know. How how long has this gone on for now? Is it like... Five years. Fucking hell, yeah. Like, Have they not made 100 friends by now? <laughs> um, no. Well, at the rate they're going, I would assume they're at least halfway. Because God uh, damn. Can't comment on the number. Fair. Also, I can only imagine what fresh hell this thing would be if they ever get even close to that 100 number with all of these characters you now have to memorize. It would be interesting to see how they, I don't know if Phil can answer that, how they manage that later on. Because at the moment, we're at the point where essentially there's some friends who appear a lot more and then one or two who have only appeared for a couple of chapters. The thing I would say is actually a lot of the characters you only see every so often. With the, so obviously you see Kami all the time, you see Tadano all the time. You see a lot of Najimi, the childhood friend. Mm -hmm. And there's one other character we've not been introduced to in these two volumes that kind of becomes another regular. The others are just sort of in and out as appropriate. Yeah, I, I assume story. it works by Pokemon rules where you can only be six. You've got your core team and the others that change out as necessary yeah. or as the episode requires. <laughs> That's why I assumed. And to be fair, that works for this kind yeah, of series. It, say it does work. Say it was weird to me reading these two first two volumes because you have. I'm I'm just going to call a doc girl, stage fright girl, Himiko Agari. That's the one. Cool. Like she seems to be like somewhat important in these first two volumes like you yeah see like all the characters seem fairly central at this point she's she's somewhat deranged i'll tell you that sure sure, sure. yes uh but she barely comes up from what i remember later on like again appears every so often or might be in the background but not really a central character by any means yeah that is something i did want to commend about this thing as well is that you'll often see in the background of some shots, even if they're not necessarily part of the chapter, you'll see characters who you already know in the background because, you know, they're in his class or whatever. Mm. Yeah, this thing doesn't typically have junk characters, like ones that are just there for the scene, but like have like weird importance placed on them, like you see in other manga. <laughs> like even like uh, the, oh, it's the, the, one of the ones we loved from last year, the Apothecary Diaries, did that a lot. The best one of last year, if you ask me, and that's the only person you should ask. It was, but even in that, they had like so many characters that were just there and had like so much importance placed on them. 
but they were not relevant in any way. Did did they? Yeah, like everyone in the harem and stuff, like all the 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 the, the women's and whatnot. All all the other like handmaids and things. Yeah, know. like all of them were there. They had central panel time. They had lines. They they had importance based on them in the narration and whatnot. And then they I never saw again. Because I don't think they ever really had importance placed on them. Their position was given importance in the sense that, like, yes, this is a very important position to have. Sure. I don't remember the character specifically being given any great import. I, mean, I my point stands that it does. This one doesn't have any doesn't have any junk characters per se. Like anyone who is there is there for enough time that the amount invested in them feels necessary, and that's good. Like this is this is very well written. I mean, this has um, kind of like um, ethics did. So, oh no, we did bring up ethics earlier. Yeah, but kind of like ethics did. This has like an opening panel very near the start where it's like, here's a shot of essentially the next few volumes worth of characters, and I kind of like that. I don't know if the one that fills on about the fourth important characters in that shot or not, but Uh, you get to see a lot of the people who are coming up. Shot, but based on the, I did get the little, I did screen cap the name explanations uh katai kind of appears a lot because he's like the only other notable male character yeah okay that was another thing i and this is classic japan but it's Mm. like and here is your lovely slice of life series and they're all girls by the lead all of them Although I wouldn't say this slips into harem territory. No, I'm not going to call this a harem. It's not like they're tripping over each other and grabbing boobs. They're not like, oh my uh, god, I want to bang Tadano. Yeah, I, I got genuine friendship here rather than sexual tension. Yeah, there's a there's an occasional like moments of embarrassment between the two leads, but that's about as far as it goes, really, at this point. Yeah, and I've been socially awkward and also friends with with girls growing uh, when I was growing up. And yeah, that, that kind of stuff happens where you like you someone makes like a joke and it goes, Oh, that got weirdly sexual. Now it's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, no, I I get it. Because <laughs> like you don't feel that way about each other at all. You've never even tried to feel that way about each other. And it's like, huh, yeah, it's like if we had sex that one time. Uh, <laughs> now it's awkward. No one wanted this. So yeah, I get it, it happens. So I would say it does introduce, say, this one other male character. There are other supporting male characters introduced, you see, sort of, every so often. And I will say a couple of my favourite chapters are ones they do where it's like, they just have, it's sort of like set after school and like Tadano's just like one of the last ones out. And you just have a meeting of the guys happening behind him or something. The boys? The, the boys, yeah. They're just like, uh, just, you know, kind of guy talk, just like, oh, who who do you think would be great to go out with? And then it's just them fantasizing their life with the girl they like kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you get some really great gags after that. And you're telling me they're not all commie? They're, they're not, because I think at the end of the first one of this, one of them's kind of like, and of course, no, no one could suggest commie. No, 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 couldn't no, do no, that. No. Can't couldn't defile her in that way. <laughs> oh, okay, that's the level talk. Or, or some something to that effect. It's been a while since I read it, but sure, she's so pure that if anyone actually got to go out with her, they would be a heathen. Because <laughs> I think that's the 
I think that was the joke. Like they're all saying all these different people, and then like, oh no, couldn't possibly imagine Kami. And then Tadana, who's just sort of been listening to this in the background, then imagines it. So you get that scene. I always thought that logic was like, well, gross for mostly because it's like I couldn't possibly imagine myself laying with this woman. I would defile her. Like, what the fuck are you planning on doing to her? To be clear, it's not. It, they're not talking about antics. It's like. Sure. Getting married to them or something. Because famously, married people never have sex. No. <laughs> the point is, it is not depicted in a sexual manner, Mike. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, if we learn anything, if they did get married, like with Golf the Hinge, like with Fly Me to the Moon. So, Only um... if they got married, like, <laughs> right then and there. <laughs> it's oh, still wrong. had NASA right there. Hey. Chapter one. Yet married. <laughs> You've got a handhold for at least two volumes first. What, before marriage? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I think the only, uh, the last little thing I wanted to bring up um, for one of the characters who we've not really talked about much, and to be honest, they're probably my favourite, uh, Najimi Osana, who is um, the childhood friend, everyone's friend, mm-hmm. and yep. the whole... The Scanlators make it into more of a deal than the official sub is, but basically... Uh, I think I mentioned this way back how they're transgender or gender um, neutral yeah. or non-binary or it, I would say it's, non, it's none of those. It's just a gag where it's just like, but wait, I thought you were a guy. And it's like, oh, silly you. And then the gag is they, they never tell you if Jimmy is a guy or a girl or anything in between. Or no, Yeah. I don't think it was ever put in there as to be a thing no it, it's it it's just in there as a gag it yeah. it's a thing that comes up in anime and manga every so often not oh, so yeah, much it's anymore, the whole but... it's they're so beautiful they could be either like what do you mean you're not <laughs> a woman but i fapped you okay last night. so i no, i no, no, i disagree like <laughs> a bit with this because it's not like it's a it's not like say astolfo from fate where they're they're always a guy, but they dress as a girl. This is someone who very openly is vague about their gender. Apart from when, like, one mafia guy hits on her, hits on them, and then like, I'm a guy, go away. Yes, but then you also have the fact that when we're first introduced to them, yeah. they refer to themselves as a girl. So it's kind of. I mean, it's not like it, it's not answering anything. It's not like Minamoto's story when they're the the most feminine man in all of the world. And therefore, they can't. They can't. Point is, I kind of, I kind of like that that characters like they just go like, yeah, it doesn't really matter what gender they are. They're just whatever they want to be. Yeah, like they don't make a deal out of it either way. Yeah, Uh, the official translation makes even less of a deal out of it because it doesn't do what the scandalation did, which is go his slash her every five minutes. I only really noticed them do it in that chapter, and then. They did admittedly do it in one or two more places that I saw. That's, in the official translation, it's only oh, done yes. for the very first time because that's the actual joke at yeah. that point. And then from then on, they just I think they just refer to it as the character's name, so Najimi or Osana. Yeah, I, I never saw it as an, as an issue in any direction. Oh, God, no, it's not an issue. I like it, if anything. I just... I, I just more like, once that, once that moment had passed, I, was, I honestly forgot. <laughs> about it <laughs> just just like it is on. largely irrelevant you just as I say every so often you just get a little thing which is just again it's typical of that sort of 
archetype of character where it's like, silly you, you're not allowed in that changing room. And then it's like, goes off into the mixed changing room or whatever. It's like, yeah. there we go, we have solved the problem without really resolving the question. I mean, there's there's more to their character than just that yes. anyway. Like, they're probably, as I say, they're probably my favourite character in the whole thing because they're kind of mischievous. They do talk a lot, which is helpful when the two leads are very socially awkward in their own ways. Wants to support everyone, gets along well with everyone. As I say, they're just... Well, that, that's they're, the they're whole endearing. point, isn't it? They are everyone's childhood friend because they are so sociable. Yes. And then there are some fun jokes, which no doubt Mike hated, where they talk for an entire page about everything <laughs> and anything, because that's what people like them will do. <laughs> I, I like that one. I think it was like literally the start of the chapter, where just, you have a page where it's just Najima just talking like... Yeah. All sorts of random shit. Just talking about just the school like, day, proper, talking about the shop that just opened. Yeah. And then it's just like, so anyway, let's go to your house. And they're like, oh, no, wait, I wanted to... I want to hear the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> and you could tell how much Mike loved that, because he went, uh... Yeah. It's not a Mike joke. It's not that it's not a Mike joke as such. It's just, it was there. Uh. <laughs> like, okay. It's fine. Like, huh, alright. <laughs> like, hey, when the comedy lands in this, it lands. That one just didn't land with me. But uh, I think that was the last thing I wanted to bring up, just because we hadn't really discussed that, and it is a tiny part of this series, but... Sure. But yeah, I think that's everything I had noted down. I don't know if there's anything either of you want to bring up at all. Not particularly. I think I'm done, mostly. I, I would say the art is generally pretty expressive. More so than a lot of manga. That is one thing that I, I think I've said before, but I will make sure people on this side. The art is very good in this. I'm not saying it's the best we've ever seen, but it, it does a really good job of showing the expressions that are required for the scene. And it really nails in how awkward these people are in their own ways. Uh, mm -hmm. Everyone's personality trait is explained very well on their faces. It's one of the things that makes it very annoyed that they keep doing these weird narration stage direction boxes throughout the whole thing. Because, like, mm. yeah, I can see that. <laughs> you know, like, that's the point. Like, it, it weirdly, it takes away from how good the art is that they feel the need to explain it. Like, they're insecure about the art. It's like when someone, like, draws something, like, this weird blob and they write the word horse and then point an arrow to it, like, that's a horse? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I could tell it was a horse before you did that, and now, yeah. Maybe the artist is socially awkward, Mike. Maybe I mean, they're... maybe that's the whole joke. <laughs> like, they're socially awkward, therefore they feel the need to point shit out like that. I, I, I don't know. That's the only thing I, I dislike about that. Otherwise, mm. the art is very good. I just wish it could speak for itself more. I, th I, I think the art is very good. I would say, like, it's not like a realistic art style, like, say, Girl yeah, on the Shore or anything like that. Like, it's a lot of the characters are deformed in some way, usually in facial expression. To help get across the point of what they're feeling, don't get me wrong, it works brilliantly. But don't go into this expecting, like, immaculate, perfectly drawn art, because it's not that. It knows what it needs to, it knows how it needs to deform characters to get the point across and goes with that rather than, oh my god, it's, uh, intricately detailed art yeah it's not super intricate it's but it is very very good for what it needs to be yes and as we mentioned uh no lewd there is no lewd which is 
somewhat refreshing. There's like one special shot of her hair drying herself, which is maybe. Actually, no, now that I think about it, there's. Oh, no. Oh, no, I actually, no. Najimi fills herself up once or twice, now I think about it. Oh, yes. no. There's also a great ass shot of Najimi as well. Yeah, there's quite a lot of ass shots in this, actually. Like people crawling on all fours across their beds and stuff when they hang out in each other's bedrooms. All right, uh, there's only there's only a couple of ways you can lie on a bed, Mike. On all fours, crawling to the other side of it to <laughs> grab something. How how are you getting across the bed? I'm just saying that you didn't, they didn't need to draw that. Okay, but you're on one side of the bed. How are you getting to the other side of the bed? I would sit on it and then roll over <laughs> because I'm fat and roll everywhere. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> well, but yeah, like there, there's. I wouldn't go so far as to say it's lewd or edgy. No. no, but there is a couple of moments like, all right, guys. <laughs> all right, I see what you did there. But then they move on, so it's fine. Like, it, it's definitely not the worst. Also, definitely not. Fair, we're saying there's ass shots. They're not really anything amazing. It's more just like, here is a picture from behind, kind of framed around the book. Akumo Chan flashback has nothing to worry about. No. It's more down to the framing, and it's not not drawn in suggestive way or anything really it's just it's like well was there a need to frame it on the ass yeah probably this is not. something that's been pointed out to me recently about final fantasy 10 like it's a lot of ass shots in that game i like this this wasn't necessary framing and then now i can't stop seeing unnecessarily framed ass shots everywhere including in this <laughs> complete tangent all right i know neither of you have watched it unless mike has suddenly watched it and I am not aware. But there was a game shown off at the Sony conference the other night. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, my God, that ass has a woman attached to her, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have not seen this. But because, that's, a, that's a disturbing... Oh, hell. It, it was just like, ass, the trailer. It's like when um, Crash Bandicoot 4 was first announced. And actually, even in the game, there's a there's a character that's his girlfriend from a different dimension. I forget the name of the character, and they always like pan up through her badonk, her jean clad badonk. And it's like, oh come on, guys! I think the problem with this is it's sort of like bayonetta style, skin tight leather. Oh my god, this is another thing I remember. Like, when Bayonetta 2 was about to come out, like, <laughs> they said, they said, oh, we had, it was at like a Nintendo Direct or some shit. Like, we got complaints that in the last, last trailer we did for Bayonetta, there was too much views of her back. So we're going to show you the views from her front. And it literally <laughs> opens up with the camera panning up between her spread legs. Yes, <laughs> like, I, I vaguely remember this. <laughs> Fucking damn it, Japan! Why are you so horny? That game knows what it is. And... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's the weirder part for me was that it was the Nintendo doing it, but sure. Well, the, the, if you go down that path, there's like Nia, where Yoko Taro oh, yeah. very it's... deliberately talks about how they spent time, you know, rendering uh, 2B's ass, and oh, I think there's yeah. a trophy if you look up her skirt to look up her ass. There is, yeah. So you can find out who's being perfect. And I'm pretty sure he's gone on file of saying that he looks up at porn of that character as well, because why sure. not? He sure. made her. I mean, she's basically dressed in like a maid outfit or something, right? Like a the uh, gothic goth. Lolita with an eye patch. Yeah. 
Of course, I of course I patch. And then well, no, you... sorry, no, it's not I patch. It's a blindfold, and that she can't see out of either eye. My bad. Yeah, and there is literally a button in that game that makes you explode off all her clothes. I wasn't aware of that one. There is <laughs> not like all. She's I mean, like I know naked, that's in Bayonetta but... because her outfit is is hair. Hair, yes. but <laughs> so the more you attack, the more hair you're using. Therefore, the the less clothes you have. Exactly. Yeah. So this is a thing that Japan does. I mean, granted, everyone does it. No, I, I don't walk around and have all my clothes explode everywhere, I must admit. It's not a thing I do. You haven't lived good, sir. <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> I meant more the unnecessary ass shots. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's a criminal offence of this manga. How dare it do <laughs> ass shots? Nothing does ass shots anymore. I would say this is probably one of the purest of all the mangas we've read in that Purest regard. of all the ass shots, yes. It's more just like the ass shots are just so wholly unnecessary because they're not even it's not even for like oh look at i'll be blood i can't see i noticed any but you know there you go yeah well you heard it here first folks sean does not look for the ass it's it's not like maruko chan where i could clearly see the fan service shots would be put in there yeah like i it's weird like that i know we're spending a weird amount of time on this it's weird that there are so many like ass shots but they never like draw the eye to them in a fan service that's, that's the thing that bothers me about them in this one it's just like <laughs> you want it to be fan service <laughs> well, no, it's it's the case of like if you're gonna do an ass like shot, i know you're an ass man but come on <laughs> but if you're gonna do an ass shot i actually make it worth looking at <laughs> otherwise Don't waste why my fucking bother? time <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, they, that's Phil's rating. Not enough ass out of 10. <laughs> I'll join you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right. Now we've gotten that weird tangent out of the way, is there anything else they want to discuss? I suppose I will say on the topic of art, something about the first few chapters seems a little off to me. I can't really place what it is. It, it just feels like it takes a little bit of time to settle into its style. And those first few chapters are just a little different than the later ones. I see. I know, I know you mentioned it to me because you were asking if it had been redrawn for the official release, and I can't say I noticed anything wrong with the art in the first few. So I, I wouldn't say it's bad art or anything. It's just almost like it feels a little rougher to me. And I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, you, you're on your own with this one. I didn't pick up on it. I don't know if Mike did. Not particularly. Yeah, it's it's not like say when you're reading questionable content and no, it's it's not that drastic a difference. Well, on uh, on that note, then let's jump into everyone's favourite part, the conclusion, where I ask if we're gonna read more, buy more, or in this case, because there is the anime airing, watch more. So, plot twist: I'm gonna go to you first, Phil. Oh, you you fiend! How could you? Quite easily, actually, he could he could do that quite easily, and he did. Uh, I'm assuming you already read the series. I must admit, I don't know off the top sure of my head. Hey, so in that case, um, obviously it's been coming out for a little bit over here now, I think a year or two. Uh, have you or will you be buying it? And uh, will you be watching the anime, assuming it's on a service you can watch? I have not bought any. I might. I'm at a point I have a lot of other series I am buying first, so it's hard to say for definite. And I wouldn't consider this one that high a priority to buy on my list at the very least. Would I watch it? Eh, eh. 
I mean, if it's on a streaming service I'm subscribed to, it's literally free, so I could check it out quite happily. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a good endorsement right there. Just yeah. Cla- classic <laughs> fail. Ah, uh, dear. I'll, I'll, yeah, no, I'll go next. I'll let Mike's misery end it. <laughs> Unless this is the like all bit of ruse throughout the entire podcast. Bait, bait and switch. I've actually already bought all of it. Damn. Well, uh, <laughs> so f- fun fact, as Phil uh, may remember, I actually do own some of this. I, I do remember. Them. Yes. So because at the time Phil was like, "Oh, we might be covering that in the future," I was like, "Whoa, boy!" And they got a bit worried that I bought something terrible. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I picked up the first volume of this a while back because this series has quite a lot of renown and regard. And uh, but I hadn't had a chance to read it before doing this episode. I yeah I I like it with asterisks. Like it tra- it treads a fine line between there are a lot of poignant moments with the kids where you can relate to their struggles, as it were, to make friends and to fit in and all of that. Because ev- everyone's had those kind of issues at school, unless, well, unless you're lying to yourself and you think in school you were like the most boldly confident, no issue person ever. Uh, everyone's had like social issues in school, but then at the same time, it can also quite often go far the other way and feel like is it is it making fun of this social issue? Is it just using this character to be a stereotype of this character as a Chinibio and that's it? There you go, done. Don't need to do any more character work on them. They're a Chinibio. So, and just using them as a comedic vehicle. So it it treads a fine line. I think it does pull it off more often than it doesn't and fools. But uh, it's definitely a tightrope walk that it has to walk throughout the entire run. The art's fine. It does a good job of conveying the awkwardness as we've covered. There are it does do a, what a lot of four comorous things do, which is have repeated panels a lot. But uh, Kobe's vibrating slightly more in this panel. Or looking to a different way, which gets the point across, but then that's potentially one of your five pages in a chapter if it's a short chapter. And uh, I did mention a few character designs are kind of similar, though. Um, if there's going to be a hundred friends, I can let that slide because you're going to str- like unless your name's Tight Kubo, you're going to struggle making a hundred wholly unique character designs. I didn't really mind the whole pacing stuff with it like so as mike's mentioned a lot some chapters are super short some are kind of standard length and then some are part of arcs that can go on for like four five maybe more chapters i think that kind of does a good job keeping things fresh and keeping things moving it means that you don't it doesn't get bogged down on a joke if it doesn't need to it doesn't go well we've got this idea but it needs to be 20 pages so how are we going to spread it out it like there's one where she's just transforms into a summer uniform and it's people going oh my god she's in her summer uniform in their own unique ways and that chapter's five pages because there's only like three or four characters so don't really need to drag that out so that kind of works well so yeah it's awkward because i like it but i don't think i like it enough to like go out of my way to buy more and make this a priority over stuff i genuinely love like apothecary diaries or fly me to the moon but uh, I can I can understand why it's a success, and I'm kind of happy that it is. I think this series does well for kind of the message that it's going for. And anime, uh, maybe I've watched one anime in two years, so I'm not going to make any promises at this point. I wouldn't say no to it, just maybe one day. But again, it's not something I'm going to go out my way for. So 
a, a nice series, definitely one I'd recommend people try out, but it's probably not going to make the top of anyone's wish list, so to speak. So uh, that's that's my awkwardly vague opinion. Mike, though, as as you've made very clear throughout this episode, you absolutely adore this, so this will be like the shortest conclusion ever. Uh, are you going to read more, buy more, watch more of Comey Can't Communicate? <sighs> okay, so this thing... I got so bored <laughs> with reading this. Like, I legit found myself drifting off and wanting to do other things because it just, just kept sort of not being, not being engaging to me. I don't know if that's more about my dislike for the genre or if it's more the, my dislike for the story because there wasn't really a story. Not really. Nothing... It really develops all that much. And I get that it's meant to be a long-standing series and was always meant to be from the beginning, which is why the pacing is so slow and low. But oh, just I couldn't click with this at all. And which is kind of sad because there is definitely elements in it that I enjoy. I just don't think they were arranged in the right way. I think the focus... I've said this a few times, and I know it's a confusing thought to have, but... The comedy, I feel, doesn't help it, but I also feel it wouldn't exist without the comedy. So we were left in this situation of it just being this confused story that doesn't know if it wants to be funny or meaningful and serious. Because as you say, there are plenty of really poignant parts which really endear you to the characters, but then those are immediately followed up with gags where someone is kidnapped and tortured and... It's ended, but it's fine though, because we're friends now for some reason. Like, if you're one of the people who believe that Vegeta could join the, the Dragon Ball Z main cast without any problems in any direction, then I guess this is the one for you because, goddamn, this, they, they, they really don't question anything, anyone's faults or flaws. They're just like, we're best friends now. I wouldn't go that far, but yes, they, they do shrug off the whole kidnapping incident. Didn't Vegeta just join the social circle? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's, my, that, that's my kind of what Mike was getting at. Yeah, he just um, he just up and joined it. Also Piccolo before him. Did that too, yeah. Well that, yeah, Piccolo's a little different. Not the not what we're reviewing. I I could not get engaged with this. Like it it, it couldn't it didn't grab me. It didn't hold me and it didn't love me. <laughs> it didn't it didn't feel fun to read and it didn't it didn't connect me with anything in this world i was socially awkward as a kid i'm pretty socially awkward now honestly i don't know if anything felt like from my previous experience felt like anything they could have shown in this i don't know like I, for whatever reason i couldn't get on board with it it just became to me a standard slice of life which was trying to be a bit more kooky, which is not really how you endear me towards anything. So no, not for me. I don't really get how it's as popular as it is. It feels relatively standard with like a single hook, which apparently is all you need these days. And that's all that's all I've got, man. No, no, and no. Maybe the slightest of maybes, like a two to five percent chance i'll check out the anime and see if it see if it's better there 
But there's it does so many little things to sour me towards this that I don't hate it. It's just a distinctive no on most fronts. And that's all I've really got on it. The thing tires me <laughs> because I just eh. So much eh. That's all okay. I got. <laughs> the, the the last point so i'm not gonna like this that's mike's final opinion i'm not gonna be like you're wrong or anything like that the only bit i will disagree with you on is i can 100 percent see how this became popular because socially awkward teens all relate to it it's it's not rent girlfriend no like I, I will also be clear this is not bad like i i get how it's done well put it like that i this is not bad this is not <laughs> hate that this is the bar it's not rapey and it's not it it doesn't offend you at any point apart from how much it offensively asks you to to dis, to uh, to to you know, go on to, finish go, it yeah go on finish the thought mike <laughs> no no I, I just can't think of the term suspend your disbelief that's the word i'm looking for over <laughs> someone being kidnapped sorry my mind went blank and i forgot the term but <laughs> that's a little insulting i guess but Sure, play for laughs, whatever. It's not bad. I just don't like it. As I say, I'm not objecting your opinion, just I can see how it became popular. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there you have it. Two, yeah, we kind of like it. And one, eh. So uh, there you go. That's that's this episode in a nutshell. But you know what isn't? Eh? Mike's Twitch streams. <laughs> Nailed the segue. <laughs> Well, you can find me on twitch.tv slash berserker, B-E-R-S-E-K-R-E-R, and at Twitter, the same name, Twitter, the same name, B-E-R-S-E-K-R-E-R, berserker, and I'm playing video games. Lies. <laughs> Fuck knows. Fuck knows who, are, what, who I'll be playing or what I'll be playing when I, uh, by the time this comes out, but uh, it's Play a video my game. heart, Mike. I'm going to guess you'll be playing the award-winning MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV, which is oh, entirely no. free up until the end of its first expansion. I guess you'll have to watch and find out. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you might still be on 10 too. Maybe. That's what I'm playing at the time of this recording. Yeah. But uh, hey, tune in. And he's even streaming on time these days. So. <clears throat> I know. Don't, don't expect that to last. <laughs> he's on a streak of one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Phil, buddy old pal. No. Uh, favorite VTuber. Favorite VTuber? Ooh, ooh. How many are there? What a question. A lot. <laughs> a lot, Mike. <laughs> How many? How, How many? many? Look at this kid. <laughs> How long's the piece of string? <laughs> and you looked at this guy for manga opinions. <laughs> uh, mm, let's say Ame. Ame Watson. Oh man, Watson the detective. Okay, Watson the detective, yeah. the time traveler. More of a gal girl, 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 guy. Myself, Gura. Um, yeah, Gura's all right. Gura's cool. But uh, th- th- there you go. Uh, you can follow Phil at Fanaxkian, P H G N A X K I A N, where you won't get the answers to these questions, which is why I'm asking him on the show. You can follow me at Slazerking, S-L-A-Z-O-K-I-N-G, for all my trash opinions on Gacha and the such. I got Anniversary Lily in Pokemon Masters. Woo! That, that's the kind of tweet you can expect on there. Uh, you can follow the podcast as a whole at Trash Manga Cast. We are available on all the good podcasting services. So that's your Spotify, your Apple, your Google, your Stitcher, your TuneIn, and probably some other ones that rehost us that I'm not even aware of. 
So remember to like, follow, rate, subscribe, whatever the buzzwords are for the service of choice. And tell your friends, let them know. Uh, I mean, we've reviewed quite a few big series as of late. We've talked about Kami. We've talked about um, The Way of the House Husband, Spider, Slime. Lots of cool episodes, especially as well if you go into our back catalogs. We've been doing this for about a year and a half at this point. Like uh, we did mention it earlier in the show, but uh, Maruko-chan's airing this season. And we did cover that way back in episode seven. So that's worth checking out if you want some opinions on that, such as don't. Okay, yeah. Was was there any anime you wanted to champion from the season, Phil, while you've got the chance? Oh, fuck, now you're asking me. Nope, that's a no. That, well, I mean, there are a lot of Isakai. I, I don't even know what's airing. Are, are you, are you going to ask me? Mike, what was the last anime you watched? Um... <laughs> that, does Doctor Stone count? That's an anime. Sure. But does it count as this season? Not as this Not season. Not stone no. this season, no. Dang it. <laughs> Did so... you watch it when it was airing? Yes. Then you know what? Yes, it will count. It Hooray! will count for this season, but I'll count it as a recent anime you have watched. Hooray! It counts for something. Yeah. Uh, the stuff airing this season includes JoJo's Back Again for Stone Ocean, Platinum Ends airing, which is the third series by the Death Note slash Bakuman team, Demon Slayer is back again. Maruko-chan, as we've already mentioned. Um, I believe there's a new Digimon series airing this year, this season Ghost as well. Ghost game, I think it was. Actually. Whatever the fuck it is, uh, it's the f- I must admit, I didn't know about it until five minutes we hit before we hit record and I loaded up the chart. But uh, yeah, it's the full season. This is usually where the big shows air, so hence why Kami's in here. Much to Mike's chagrin. But um... Time to move away from the anime because we're going back into the territory of whatever the hell Phil wants to pick after, you know, we've had the whole summer of Isekai and then Mike picking where the house has been and then this episode where um, we picked something from the from last season and I'm going to pretend last episode never happened. So Phil, what, what's happening in the next episode of Trash Manga Friends? Where are you taking us this time? Next time we're going to university and... Finding love, maybe, as we read Tsubasa-chan, Kimi wa machingu shita onawa satsujinki. There you go. So you've all, you've all got that to look forward to next time. So we'll see you in a fortnight for the next episode of Trash Manga Friends. Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Be better, right?